Howdy and what's up? My name is Natty. His name is Brandon. This is The Long Two. It is a fantasy basketball podcast. Tom Brady is coming back to the NFL. Brandon, what are your thoughts? Um, Just surprised that it took him so long. I wonder (laughs) who got sick of who first. Is it like him getting sick of his his family or is his wife just like, get out of here because you are just totally over the top? But uh, yeah, just, yeah. Giselle was long. like, "Go, yeah. <laughs> just leave." Yeah, that did not take long. It didn't even take months. Yes, yeah, like months. he it's was. Anyway, and baseball's back, so there's a lot of sports news going on. But we talk about basketball. Uh, this week, we are going to talk about dynasty players. And we'll do some ads at the end, Uh, but we just wanted to take a little snapshot, give our thoughts about uh, younger players, 23 and under for the most part, since some teams are out of it in their redraft and dynasty leagues. And so let's talk about some of the youths, like maybe you still can make a trade, try to get some young, maybe you can pick them up off the waiver wire since a bunch of these guys will be available. Uh, But first... Let's just talk about the NBA real fast. KD today had a monster 53-point game against the Knicks. (laughs) Um, Cade Cunningham almost got the win against the Clippers. He nearly had a triple-double. And Kyrie is still out. Brandon, you've seen Harden and Embiid on the same team. You've seen KD come back and remind everyone that he plays like an MVP. You've seen the Lakers continue to lose, but LeBron can score 50-plus points basically whenever he wants to. What the hell is going on in the NBA, and how's your team doing, bud? Um, the, the NBA has been real exciting the last couple weeks, and this weekend there were a ton of really good games. Um, I'm, I'm, I can't say I'm surprised because I'm not surprised, but Brooklyn looks really scary when they have – all their guys on the floor and they still, we still haven't seen Simmons. Yeah. Um, you the know, chosen one. <clears throat> yeah, like... The guy who's probably going to be the, the ultimate glue guy here. If he, if he plays his role correctly. Um, and what the hell is his fantasy outlook going to be like? I mean, maybe he doesn't play until after the regular season really, or just plays, you know, sparingly, but like what, what, what is Ben Simmons going to look like on this team? Brendan? It was encouraging to see him out there for that, that uh, game in Philly just for like to get a sense for where his head's at, because if he was like, he's actually there, alive. Yeah, and <laughs> like it, he it, held he, up like he, a newspaper. Well, he was excited out there. He was encouraging his teammates. He went into, yeah. uh, you know, uh, about as, you know, raucous and, and uh, kind of threatening of a, of a crowd as can get in an NBA atmosphere. Right. And, um, you know, I think, you know, hopefully he gets on the floor sooner rather than later because I do think they need some time to play together. But KD, when yeah. KD and Kyrie have it going, it's it's special, man. And yeah. the other guys around them are seeming to kind of fit into their roles. They still don't have they still don't have really the size that I'd like to see, but hopefully Simmons will will kind of be the compensating factor there. Um the with the Lakers I'm kind of over the Lakers at this point. I mean, LeBron is having a, a, a truly magnificent season, and it's a shame <laughs> really that it's being is. wasted. 
it's been wasted with these guys. And like we, my son, like he put on the Lakers game this morning. He saw his recorded, so he watched the Lakers game, and he's like. Where's Davis, Dad? And I'm like, well, ah, explain ah, to him. Ah, that, like, I'm like, well, you see that guy? I love you, Jay. Good job. And I'm trying to explain to him. And he's like, well, I've never seen him. And I'm like, well, he's been hurt a lot. Wow. And it's like, it just it just kind of sucks when you have to explain that to kids. Like, he has really no concept of that. So, you know, I'm not trying to, like, soil his his opinion of Davis before he even, like, forms one. But it's like. He's he's noticed that like he's watched a few Lakers games and he's yet to see Davis out there. He's like, I keep hearing of this Davis guy. So um, it really sucks because LeBron LeBron is really he really you know you could argue this is one of his best seasons. I mean, all things considered, yeah. and, uh, he's yeah. he's been an amazing. Um, and you know, we don't I don't know. You can't really keep we keep we're kind of taking it for granted, but. You never know, man. Like, just we may not see this from too much longer. So it's a shame that that they're not going to make any noise. Do you think that Tom Brady came back because LeBron was putting up 50 (laughs) spots? And he's like, I'm actually, it's not LeBron versus MJ or Kobe or anything like that. It's LeBron versus Brady. Who can make it to 45? And if LeBron gets to play with his son, then that outdoes Brady. Those two are in competition. Well, Brady, um, yeah. I mean, he the, the way he's going, he might be trying to push 50. If you can't hit the quarterback, then why not? Yeah. I mean, that's basically what it is. Like, if you mm-hmm. – like, he can sustain because he doesn't get – whatever. Let's not talk about it. Um, LeBron, in almost any other year, he'd be a top three MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. But – um, you know, it's the centers, it's the bigs this year. Uh, the Lakers, I still feel like if LeBron and AD are healthy in the playoffs, then they're super duper dangerous and can win any series, really. Like, that's how good they can be. Um, you really feel so, that way? Yeah, I you really, really, really do. Really, you really think they can take a series? I think they can take a game on any given night, but I don't. I just don't really believe in this team to to take a series against. I don't really like them against any of the top six. I mean, maybe they have a slight edge over the Jazz and the Mavericks, but the way Luca's playing, I like their chances. I, I really don't want to. Luca was going Denver. against LeBron when they played last. He was like, yeah. no, doing switches yeah. to get him over. I just sort of feel that, like, in the playoffs, Vogel won't be obligated to start Westbrook. Like, he can do whatever he wants with him because it's the playoffs. And if Westbrook doesn't like it, too fucking bad. You think and Westbrook if AD in the playoffs? If I'm Vogel, I know I'm getting fired, maybe even if I win the title. So what do I care? Wow. I want to win. I'd like to at least like win a first round series. I don't disagree. Um, but whatever. The thing is, like when the Lakers won, it was in the bubble, and AD shot from three extremely well, like much mm-hmm. better than he has any other season. So right. that's it. Was the defense combined with that that really helped them? Um, and and Rondo shot hasn't the ball shot really well, right? And exactly. It was, yeah, yeah. But I still feel like 
Anthony Davis, when the brow is healthy, he's such a defensive force that it's, uh, it's to me, it's like Giannis, it's like Embiid, like that defense can overwhelm other teams, and then you have a chance, and then of course you have LeBron. But whatever, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So like, if people aren't healthy, then none of this matters. Um, the Nets exactly. today, uh, Kevin Durant, like by name, called out our mayor Eric Adams, saying you need to, you know, sort of fix the vaccine things and let Kyrie play. And at this point, I do agree because unvaccinated people are in the arena. Like unvaccinated players on other teams get to be in the arena. Like just, yeah. uh, you know, the country and the city and the state have sort of decided, even though there's another variant surging right now, it's still be bad and <laughs> probably going to pay for it. Like the, it, it's, it's obvious that the Nets players aren't being treated the same as every other team. So mm-hmm. you should treat them the same. Um on the other hand, like they don't really need Kyrie if KD is going to play like this. So again, it's yeah, just sort of waiting the for the playoffs. Yeah, for the playoffs, you you want you want to see that, and that's good for the game. That's good for the city. And at this point, it makes sense. You're right. Like um, we're kind of past the point where where we're you know putting you know draconian restrictions on people. So it's not really the thing is though. Like, it doesn't really matter what New York does. Toronto is in Canada. And mm-hmm. if you have a series in Toronto, Kyrie, I don't even know if he can go there. Like, like he certainly can't play. So there's still a possibility yeah. that this will that this could hurt them. And True. Toronto is a dangerous team. <laughs> like, and that is could, a fucking dangerous goddamn team. The play Yeah. At some point, Dude, right? So. Fred Van Vliet, like, just little mm-hmm. engine that could saying fuck you to the gods themselves. Like, come on. Um, I did want to mention one of our favorite teams, maybe definitely our favorite team. Uh, that isn't, you know, the Pistons, obviously. Charlotte's been in a bit of a tailspin since mm-hmm. they lost Gordon Hayward. Now, we like a lot of the players on this team. Um their defense is atrocious, but they're still super young, and they're still in the playoffs. I mean, they're yeah, they're in the playing position right now. Yeah, they're, they're in the ninth spot. Um, Atlanta's one win behind them. I would assume Atlanta gets that, and then the Wizards are a couple of games back. And now Kristaps Porzingis is playing, so maybe they go on a little run. Like Charlotte could fall out of it for sure, but yeah. that's still a team I desperately like to watch (laughs) and i'm excuse me i'm a little surprised that gordon hayward was that important to the team like that but but they've they've struggled in the last even kind of going into the all-star break um as much as i love Lamelo, he's been like really inefficient his his, you know there's some games where he's shooting like 35 percent from the field and it's uh It's and he's you know he's a guy who's going to turn the ball over um, on some nights. So you know they're they're a young team. They're going to have to take their bruises. They're not they're not quite going to make that ascension as quickly as say like a Memphis, right? But I still think that in two years, I, I really like 
what this team has, and I'm I would be really excited if I'm a Hornets fan. Um, but for this Segway year, alert. I don't I don't take them serious. <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't take them serious this year. Well, let's talk about other teams that aren't taken seriously. Teams that are out of the playoffs in their fantasy leagues, but are in dynasty leagues. So they're thinking about the future. They're thinking about next year. They're thinking about good young players that maybe they can try to trade for with brighter futures. And two of the Charlotte Hornets are in the top 10 in our list of 23 and under players. Now, this is just arbitrary, like maybe we'll cheat a little bit, but Miles Bridges and LaMelo Ball, let's see. Uh, Miles has been the 15th best player in fantasy, and uh, Lamb Ball has been 12th. They're, I mean, obviously they're both you know in the high 90s rostered, but both these guys are probably going to be like top 15, at least top 20 for, I don't know, five years? Yeah. Ten years? And and it's, if you remember, like Miles got off to that like crazy start, and I asked you, I was like, "Do you think this guy could be like a top twenty-five guy?" And I remember you were like, "Ah, oh, let's temper the expectations a little bit." And I, I was like, "You know what? He's right." But he's doing it. No, he's like shown he's that amazing. This, he's exceeded all of our expectations. Um, he and Lamelo have been like a perfect young partnership. Uh, it kind of reminds you a little bit of like the old like Nash and Amare kind of just like where you have one guy who's like the orchestrating it and one guy who just finishes. And um, I, I'm really excited about both of those guys. Like those are untouchable guys. If you're in a dynasty league, I, you know, I'm not really trading them for, for much of anyone at this point, unless you're like name is John Morant. Um, right. I was just but- about to say, it's like, cause, cause mellow, Sorry, not Mello. Lamelo and Miles—they're both super fun to watch too. So it's yeah. like it's not just you know like Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, solid production. <laughs> uh, it, and Jaws like the only dude who's like more fun than them. It's yeah. I, there are a couple of others, but it's uh, goddamn. They're they're maybe tops. Like those. Yeah, they're no, the, the they can't be because Luca and Trey. But whatever. Charlotte has elite young talent. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a dynamic duo. I don't think... Like, I I don't think that Miles in real life is untouchable. Like, I think you could trade him and get something pretty nice for him. But uh, in fantasy, you'd have to offer me something fucking fantastic. Like, two extremely nice things. Yeah, Uh, I mean, for sure. Um, And, you know, like, I I agree. I think, like I said, those guys are those are players that I'm not really. Uh, I don't think I'm, I'm I'm even having conversations about them. So and that's really I, like another them? Charlotte guy. Oh, sorry. You yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say so. Um, a sleeper guy on Charlotte that I that I still like who hasn't really gotten the opportunity opportunity this year, but I was really high on him coming into the draft is uh, James Booknight. So yeah. Um, He's a guy who he's been up and down in and out of the, the G league this year. Um, I think he's owned right now in 1% of leagues, but in coming into the draft, some people thought he was going to be the best pure score. Um, he's a guy who's like six, four combo guard who has like a lot of length and, you know, he's a deep sleeper, but 
for dynasty leagues if I'm out of it and I'm looking for some young talent that I could pick up on the waiver wire. You know, this guy was the seventh pick in last year's draft. So um, they're going to ultimately give him his shot. A lot of times you just have to wait. A lot of times those guys just don't really do anything that first year. Like a Bam Adebayo was a guy like that where you could have picked him up on waivers at the end of his rookie season. How crazy um, is that? Yeah, so same same thing with like Jimmy Butler, and so there's there's guys like that who you know that he's going to get his opportunity, but um that's a that's another Charlotte Hornet guy I'm keeping an eye on, and then deeper dynasty leagues I'm I'm picking him up. So that team, Charlotte and Memphis, are really the only two teams with multiples of guys that are like 23 and under in terms of fantasy. So like real quick, here's the top, whatever, 10, 12. Luca, obviously, he's been 27th on the player Raider this year, 28, 9, and 8. Like, Just, if you have him, you're pretty happy yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ice Trey Young is fourth in mm-hmm. fantasy, by the way, which is not bad. Um, yeah. 27, 3, and 9, 37% from three. Uh, there's Ja, who's only 30th, but he's missed games. Uh, he's averaging 27, 5, and 6. Shy Gilgis Alexander, little guy named SGA on the OKC Thunder, 24, 5, and 5, but shooting under 30% from three. No bueno. How about the Ant-Man? How about Anthony fucking Edwards, who is 99% rostered, is 34th overall, Averaging 21, 4, and 3, 34% from 3. Tyler Hero, Miles Bridges, LaMelo Ball, and then R.J. Barrett was 10th in scoring for these young players. He has not had a good fantasy year, um, but he's averaging 19, 5, and 3, and even more than that recently on a terrible Knicks team. Um, yeah, RJ, I mean, just quickly on RJ. Um, yeah. That's a guy who you kind of, like, forget about him a little bit, but, like, because of in the draft yeah. it was Ja, it's like you hear about Ja, and then everyone's like, where the hell is Zion, right? You're so focused on those two. But RJ, right. who went third in that draft, um, he's, I mean, obviously he's not going to beat Ja, but, like, he could end up being the second best player in this draft still if he if, if he continues to kind of progress. And, like, that's a guy who coming out of college that has, like, elite, elite athleticism, but also is, like, a guy who's, like, very well, you could tell, like, very well coached. He has great form on his jump shot. Like, his, his you know, he his fundamentals are really sound. Um, and that's a guy that I think, like, has a very, very solid floor. Um, the Knicks haven't been able to really attract free agents. So I don't see anyone coming <laughs> in and like bumping him out of that role. I think that like we've all kind of acknowledged that like Julius Randle is not a guy you, who can be like the number one guy on a, on a playoff contender year in and year out. So I think it's RJ's throne to kind of claim at this point um, and be, be the main guy in New York. Like the nixiest thing that could happen is if they traded RJ and quickly to Portland for Dame, <laughs> and like, <laughs> and New York still sucks. Uh, RJ, I think, could turn into the player that the Knicks want him to be, which is an elite two-way wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vibes, the team, just—I mean, this is just a bad year, you know. 
after a really successful one. But I think that the team is probably somewhere in between those two outcomes. Like, I think it's right now like a pretty medium team. Um, it sucks that Cam Reddish got injured. Yeah. Like from a dynasty perspective of guys that are available and might've gotten you minutes down the stretch this season. Like it sucks that he got yeah, injured. He was just starting to play. Um, yeah. And so it was like his minutes were starting to tick up. Um, so that does really stink. And I, I, I think he, it has to be a really, really deep dynasty league for me to keep reddish going into next yeah. year at this point. Um but he's definitely a guy I'm going to continue to kind of monitor and see what happens. But yeah, it, it stinks. Dude, and depending on like the rules in your league in a dynasty league and what you have to do in the off season, I mean, it's no guarantee that you keep that you'd be keeping DeAndre Hunter either. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's a lot, I, I guess I expected more of them and maybe that was really unfair. I still think both of them are good. And if I was bad in my dynasty league, like if I was 10th, 11th or 12th and I was rebuilding, I think I'd probably try to keep both of them maybe. Cause you know, depending on what the Knicks do, he could be like the first dude off the bench next year, possibly. I don't think he'll be starting, but in the meantime, Emmanuel quickly. Is yeah. A good ad. That's what I was going to ask. That was exactly oh, what yeah. I was going to say. You mentioned Emmanuel quickly. So he's owned in 9% of leagues. Um, that's yeah. starting to tick up. He's gone. He was 3% owned a week ago uh, in his last six games. He's had two games where he's gone over 20. He's, he's getting you assists. He's getting you rebounds, he's getting you steals. Um, he's shooting a three pointer. So, you know, that's a guy who, like, the shine kind of wore off at the start of the year because they had Kemba and they had D. Rose. But at this <laughs> point, it's like they might be back to where we where we thought they were a year from ago and quickly might be the guy who ultimately – I mean, there's Alex Burks um, who's, like, been playing, you know, pretty well for them, Dude, I guess, like all things considered. Not today. But... Not today. I think he had five points in 35 minutes – Okay. Uh, yeah, five points in 36 minutes, went two for nine. This is against the Nets, by the way. Had six rebounds and seven assists, but, like, yeah. come on. The Knicks are out of it. Like, there's no yeah. good reason for you to be playing Alec Burks more minutes than Emmanuel quickly, I don't think. Um, yeah. It's just ridiculous Tibbs bullshit. So I'm picking up – I'm probably – I'm with you. I'm, I'm taking a look at quickly depending on the league I'm in. He's more of a deeper look to me, but – um definitely you know if like anyone has them I'm, I'm definitely not faulting you i think there's a ton of upside there still and uh like i said like i don't if, think the knicks are really getting the free agents so you know it's not yeah. like someone's like there's some marquee point guard who's on his way here dude i mean we say that like it's a weird thing but the knicks haven't gotten free agents in a really long time they traded for Mello. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, Evan Fournier, I think it was like their biggest contract that they'd signed in a while for a free agent They're yeah. but they're such a horribly run organization that it doesn't, I, I, you know, like they attract the people that want to get paid real fast and maybe aren't as good. Um, and then they make bad coaching decisions, but whatever. Uh, speaking of people that are out, 
we need to remind everyone that, as you mentioned, Zion Williamson hasn't played a single (laughs) fucking minute of basketball this year. Uh, I believe we discussed this prior to the season, like, is what percent chance will we not see Zion? And it turned out to be 100. I mean, I guess he's traveling with the team now. Maybe he could make an appearance, but that's ridiculous. You should just keep him out. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is out. Colin Sexton is out. James Wiseman. Yeah, so Wiseman is a guy I, I wanted to talk about. But on yeah. the first, first three, um, just real quick. So the first two you mentioned, Michael Porter and Zion, and then the third guy, Sexton. I kind of have to – I just want to make sure that we make a distinction between those guys because Sexton to Sexton's me – the best. Well, no, Sexton is actually <laughs> in, all, in a perfect world the worst of the three. But um, yeah. are the, the – you know, the – not the worst, but you know what I mean? He's uh, yeah, those yeah, three, totally. but, uh, but Sexton, I think will come back and I, I would still, you know, I, I'd more than happily roster Sexton Zion and Michael Porter at this point, I don't really know what to expect. I mean, Michael Porter's yeah. injuries just seem like they're going to be chronic and it's like a serious issue with his back and he's six foot 10. And as much as I love his upside, like he did fall like, pretty much out of the lottery even when some people thought he was the best player in that draft because of his injury rap sheet and I remember the Knicks passing on him and thinking like what the hell um but you know his injury sheet was so bad that like it really scared like half the teams in the NBA away so I'm really worried about his long-term um health and I love his talent but I think that maybe they jumped the gun a little bit with that contract Zion on the other hand (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I'm not here. I hear all I do is hear like negative things from like NBA insiders, like former players. And, and it just seems like a bad situation with a guy who like has a weight issue, but is also going through some things that where people are starting to kind of question his character. And um, I, I'm, I thought at one point, I still think, you know, when he plays, he's like, uh, he's an all-star caliber player. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's a guy, I mean, we looked it up. He was like a 26, 27 point per game scorer with, who gives you a double, double and can do like freakish things on a nightly basis. Um, and he can't jump, but it like, he plays like he can. It's fucking crazy. He's amazing. Yeah. Well, he, well, no, he can jump. I mean, the guy's got like a 40 inch vertical, but he's like, at this point, who knows if he's 330 pounds, like who oh knows if God. he can jump. Shut so don't even say something um, like, but, but James Wiseman, you, 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 you mentioned James Wiseman and that was a guy on my list because James, the, you know, we've kind of forgotten about James Wiseman. He's owned in 10% yeah. of leagues. Um, this guy was the number one pick. Everyone at the time said that they thought he had more upside than Deandre Ayton um now granted he's played in I think he's played in all of like four games since high school or not I'm sorry I'm exaggerating (laughs) he's played he played four games in college and then he played like 20 games I think last year or 30 maybe so he's played like less than like 40 games since high school um and you know that that's a little bit concerning but as far as like talent goes if you're really looking for a high upside lottery pick um 
there's really no other player on the Warriors that like is a threat to his role. Um, and he's got a ton of upside and they didn't want to, they haven't, you know, it seems like they don't want to trade him. Um, if they do trade him, I think he'll play, you know, kind of in any situation. So I, I'm really bullish on him for, for fantasy. Now, like is long-term, is he going to be a guy that you, you play at the end of the game in a, in a playoff series? I, that's yet to be seen, but for fantasy purposes, I, I really like him. Like he, in a perfect world, he has Kvon Looney's minutes this season. Mm-hmm. And you would presume that he'd do more with them, even though Looney's been good and has done like what the Warriors have generously asked of him. Yeah. But it's like Wiseman is uh, an elite player or he has elite pedigree. You expect yeah. more. Um. I think we've seen that you can miss your fr- you can sort of redshirt your first couple of seasons depending on who you are in the NBA. I mean Ben Simmons, Embiid, yeah. um, you know, even now Zion to a certain extent. Missed. I mean he didn't he didn't play. And it's like with especially with bigs, it's just better to protect them. You know, especially if you haven't, like, put on weight, especially if you're not done growing. Like, Zion has foot shit. That's terrible when you're a -hmm. big dude. Because then the rest of your body starts overcompensating and you just – the injuries just go up your leg as they go along. Um, But he's just one of the most devastating players I've ever seen when he was right last year. And it's like, I want him back so hard, whether he's with the Pelicans or not. But – you know, those are four legit fantasy players. Kawhi's been out. Paul George has been out for most of the season. Like, there's been a lot of talent that has not been in fantasy. Lonzo. Yeah. Fucking Lonzo Ball. Um, by the way, Alex Caruso is back. He is mm-hmm. only 25 roster. He should be picked up immediately, especially if you need assists and defensive stats. He might not be getting you more than like nine points a game, but like that's not why you pick him up. Um, yeah, there's just been so much injury and so many people sit out that, you know, and we didn't have Simmons. We didn't have Kyrie for most of it. Yeah. Like Victor Oladipo's back now. Fultz is back now. Oh my God, dude, Jonathan Isaac, who hasn't like played in two years, you know, and was like maybe a top 25 dude. Like what the fuck? Yeah, Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Um, So just on the Wiseman tip. So there's, there's a few more Warriors players that really intrigue me. Um, We've talked about them before, Uh, you know, Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, they're two rookies. I'm really high on both of them. Um, Kaminga was like coming, coming out of high school. A lot of people thought he was the best player in the nation. Over his last uh, several games, he, so he's 10% owned. Over the last five games, he's averaging 17 points and six rebounds. Um, he might be their most versatile defender like right now, and he's a walking yeah. highlight reel. Um, like the guy totally. just – He's trying to dunk on everybody. Looking very um, Miles Bridges ish. Yeah, he's he's a special he's a special talent. Um, and then you've got 
And then you've got Moses Moody, who, you know, is like a 6'4 shooter with a 7'1 wingspan. They've actually been starting him a little bit lately, and they kind of use him almost as like a four um, just because of his size and his length. Um, But I'm really bullish on him. Uh, In college, you know, he shot 36% from three and 81% from the the free throw line. So I think he's going to be, he's going to really fit in well with the, with the Warriors as, you know, a guy who's like going to be in a really elite three and D. Um, And, uh, you know, over his last, over his last uh, couple months, he's, he's shooting 47% from the field, 44% from deep and 80% from the free throw line. So, you know, this guy's going to shoot the ball well, um, and he's got that, that size and that length that is just makes it, you know, he's really useful for what they want to do and switch on defense, and he can switch on the multiple positions. But one other warrior that I want to talk about that's only 75% owned, and at this point I think he needs to be owned in every single league, especially in dynasty leagues, and that's Jordan Poole. I think this guy is a budding <laughs> superstar in the making. Like he's to me a better version of Anthony Simons, what where we thought Anthony Simons was kind of behind Dame and CJ. He's in this Warriors situation, but he's got a lot more upside to me than Simons. Um, Poole, he's seventy five percent owned. Um, he's he's going to be a guy that scores twenty points per game at some point uh, in this league, and like over yes, his right. Free Jordan yeah. Poole, my God, go yeah. blue. Jesus he's Christ, get over, out of there. So over his last four games, he's averaging 26 points, six assists, four rebounds, and three and a half threes. Um, I'm any league, I think he I think he needs to be owned in a hundred percent of leagues or you know, ninety-five percent of plus. Um, and if you're in a dynasty league and he's available or you think you can trade for him, I'm I'm picking him up because He's going to be the starting shooting guard at some point. Um, you know, as much as I love Clay Thompson, uh, you know, he's he's I don't think Clay's gonna be what he what he was. And Jordan Poole's star is shooting straight up. So those are three Warriors guys that I'm really excited about. You know, the Warriors have a ton of depth, so you know, that's gonna be uh, something that kind of clouds the picture there. But I think all three of those guys have just like elite, elite upside and uh I think their their futures are bright, whether they they stay ultimately in Golden State or they get moved in a trade. The irritating thing is that, yeah, Golden State – I mean, Golden State doesn't make in-season trades. They obviously make big trades. They, you know, did the D'Lo and Wiggins. Um, They have such enticing assets that I just full-on believe you could – game-changing deal done yeah if you put them up like maybe yeah, not with just because of the contract but like all your youngins like who couldn't you get i mean obviously there are dudes you couldn't get but yo if i call up the lakers okay and i'm like you can have the four dudes that brandon just talked about give me lebron the lakers front <laughs> office sort of has to be like wait all of them like we yeah. get so you get Moody, Kaminga, Jordan Poole, and Wiseman. Yeah. Yo, you can have the mitten too if you want. Like <laughs> but it's it's a challenge trade. Like, fuck you, man. Like you yeah. you can trade LeBron if you want to. How hard do you not want to trade LeBron? Yeah. Um, but I you know, like that's and you, they're not gonna 
you know, trade four dudes for one guy. Um, but I do think that's the kind of trade power trade trade uh, right. capital they have, though. Raymond has been out with a back thing. You just spoke about backs with Michael Porter Jr. I don't well, think he's it's supposed. Fair. To, Dre is supposedly coming back this week. I think like right, early in the week, like Monday. Or I Tuesday. don't think it's fair to expect him to be able to do eighty-two games, maybe not even seventy games going forward, because he's playing center. So he's just doing so much. You know, he's like yeah. Jokic, and it's like you. So you need young bigs, except mm-hmm. those young bigs aren't the main distributor, and Draymond is the point guard, basically. Like, Steph plays off the ball more now than he brings it up, uh, when Draymond was healthy anyway. I don't really know what kind of trade you could make for Golden State, but I do sort of feel like there's a pretty good chance that all four of those players you mentioned have bigger roles, whether they're on Golden State or not, next season. I think they're yeah. all pretty safe investments. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I like all of those guys. Um, a couple other rookies I wanted to mention um, yeah. on the Orlando Magic. So uh, we've, we've talked about one guy all year, and that's Wagner, uh, Franz Wagner. Um, he's still 65% owned. He's top 10 in his position, I believe. Um should be owned in every dynasty league. If he's not, like you should pick him up right now. Um, that guy, I think, is you know maybe he has a little bit less upside than some of the other rookies in this class, but his floor is is pretty high, and he's he's going to be a guy that like he seems like the type of guy that like even if they go out and they get other pieces, and like let's say they hit in the lottery and get like another like really good player. He's going to compliment. He's going to fit well with like whoever else they bring in. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, you know, I've been bullish on him all season. I'm bullish on him in dynasty league. Um, I think he's going to be really, really good for a long time. Um, but don't forget about Jalen Suggs. So he's 63% mm-hmm. on. So Wagner 65 Suggs at 63. Suggs has had like a pretty disastrous rookie season by yeah. all accounts. Um, but let's keep <laughs> in mind that. Team. Yeah, but let's keep in mind, I believe he was the fourth overall pick. So um, I think they're going to give him at least a f- another full season to, like, work through the kinks before they even let anyone, like, challenge him for that, that role. Um, you know, if you if you kind of think about it, sometimes some of these young guards, they do struggle a little bit um, early on. Like, you, you can look at De'Aaron Fox or you can look at, um, you know, some of the other guys like that. Who Especially are like when not... you don't have capable vets on the team, like a center yeah. play off. And if you're, if you're a combo guard, like you're a scoring point guard, it's probably a little tougher because like, if you're just a facilitating guard, you can kind of just like rely on other people to score. Um, but when you're like a scoring point guard, you have to like do everything kind of on these bad teams. Right. So like, um, you know, I, I think that I'm still I still am intrigued by him long term. Um, now, sure. the fact that they're like the same ownership, I'm definitely, you know, taking Wagner over Suggs at this point. But I still think Suggs um, is going to get a shot and he could be a guy who's like does does really well um, next year. There's also Cole Anthony. There's also Markel Fultz. There's also Gary Harris. Like, I, at, the Magic always do this. They have 17 trillion dudes at every single position. They have 17 trillion bigs. 
You know, like yeah. Wendell Carter has had a fucking amazing year. He's been top 70. He's number 76. Mo Bob, but like, and they're going to have Jonathan Isaac, Isaac back next year, yeah. presumably. Uh, they have Mo Wagner, Franz's brother. Yeah. Like, it is just, but Franz is like the only, it, it's like, the Cleveland Cavaliers had Shetty Osman as their only small forward for like five years in a row. Like he was legit. their only yeah. th- like the legit three. And I think that's what Wagner is going to be like v- Wagner. Like Franz is just going to be like their only real wing who's supposed to be out there and doing what he's supposed to do for the next seven years. And he'll be great at it. But yeah, he doesn't have the scoring upside. Like some of these dudes, like, Cade Mobley and Scotty Barnes, who are my three faves, I think, of the young youngins. Do yeah. you have any feels? Uh, I, I definitely, I don't disagree with you. Um, another guy that you know, like we've been Josh Giddy is maybe there for me too. I Giddy's you know. there. Giddy's 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 exciting. Um, you know, I, I think those three are all going to be really good. Um, Who would I you like rather Morgan? have for fantasy? Uh, I think I'm taking Mobley at this point, but Cade's probably right after that. And then, you know, I'm just as happy with, with Barnes as well. Um, but I think I'm taking Mobley just because I think, like, he could be, like, one of the best players in the NBA at some point. Um, sure. You know, and not to say that, like, I don't think Cade uh, or Barnes could could kind of ascend, um, but I think, like, Mobley looks like – like, I, I, I have, like – I feel good about him as, like, a guy who's, like, one of the elite players in, in the next, like, you know, three years. Um, He's so, so advanced. Like, it's yeah. just – I mean, sometimes you watch and it's like, oh, yeah, that's rookie – but it's amazing how fluidly he fits in with a weird team. Like this, yeah. the Caps were a weird team and he's a rookie and he came in and he flourished, you know, like yeah. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Like on almost any other team, he would not have been in that position. He either would have started at the five, you know, would have had Lori Markinen, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and, and Mobley, and Jared Allen, who is now out for the season, which totally fucking sucks. Oh, He's yeah. one of my favorite under twenty threes, by the way, because yeah, like Jared Allen will give you a double double for the next ten years. Like he'll yeah. always be top thirty at worst in fantasy. Um. But Mobley, you know, he's expect he's been one of the best defenders in the entire NBA. Him and Jared Allen form incredible duo, and that's real weird for a rookie. Uh, he's he's amazing, I think. And obviously, I love Cade Go Pistons, but I think in fantasy, I think I'd I'd rather have Scotty than the other really? two. I think he has the most potential for triple doubles. Like he started at point guard the other day and then he started at center the next day. And I just sort of feel like he could grow into like a supersized Chris Paul kind of. (laughs) Well, he kind of makes me think maybe it's because of his name, but he kind of makes me think of Pippen, like Scotty. Sure. He's like a point. He's like a super, super long 
wing who's like running the point and guarding your best player on defense. I love him. I love Scotty Barnes. I yeah. like I adore him and OG together. Um Pascal Siakam like came around. He's having a good year now. That team is tremendous. Oh, guess who else is 23 or younger? Gary Trent Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets a slept on. Scorer. Yeah, yeah, we don't talk about him, a, a bucket, twenty point guy. Um, I mean, he's number sixty on the year, uh, averaging eighteen two and two, with one point eight steals per game. We wow. don't talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like him and Desmond Bain. Like those are nice players to have your perimeter threats, your guys that can get you a couple of like defensive stats. Um, you know, maybe they're not 20 plus per game scorers, but like there are some days where they can get you 25 or 30, you know, it's like, that's, I like both those guys. Like Desmond Bain is amazing. I can't, Oh my God. He's shooting 41% from three. Yeah, that's pretty fucking nice. Um, let's talk about DeAndre Ayton, who you mentioned, and 3J, Jaron Jackson Jr. Okay. Which of those guys would you rather have? Um, I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm going with 3J at this point. I like Ayton a lot. Don't get me wrong. I, I really, really sure. like him, but I think that 3J's potential to be a guy who is like a big that's on the floor at the end of the game. Um, I, I'm, I feel more comfortable kind of like banking on that. Whereas like Aiden to me, he still, he still feels like a guy who's like, could be like a little bit situational um, depending on how his game continues to develop. Like I, it looked like he was kind of starting to develop a three pointer um, and maybe he still is, but um, I'd like to see a little bit more of that out of him to before I really can kind of bank on his upside being like elite, elite. Because Jackson, the thing with Jackson is like he's still really inconsistent with his scoring and his fouls yeah. and like his rebounding stinks sometimes. But like his blocks and his threes, um, yeah. the common like he'll get he had like five blocks the other night, even though he didn't really score yeah. a lot. So it's like when he does that, he's going to like you know, he's going to be one of the best shot blockers in the league and he's going to hit a ton of threes. Um, so I, I don't know. I just think that like, I don't even think he's playing like that great this year. And he's, and he's like a top, what, 30 guy in fantasy. Yeah. Number 17 in basic. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize he was that high. So yeah, but I it's think because I'm of the, the slight and edge. Steals and the threes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm giving him the slight edge over Aiden. I do think Aiden's floor is really high, um, but I'm just – I don't know if he has as much upside. Like, Aiton for me, who's been a top 75 player, but he's missed games. Like, he's a guy that I expect you to get double-doubles. And when mm-hmm. you don't, it pisses me off. Like, I don't care yeah. about the threes, you know? Like, I want production out of you in the old-school back-of-the-card – box score like just get me fucking boards and 10 11 12 13 sometimes 20 points yeah because i want you to be dependable and a guy like that if 
if he can't do that, then you'd rather have, I mean, 3J is the dude that can stretch and DeAndre is the guy that can rim run and defend. Um, but DeAndre seems like a little replicable, I think, than 3J does. Like 3J could turn into something special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Because I still think he hasn't really like found it yet. And he's already, yeah. like you said, yeah. top 20 in basic. So what if he's just, just 10% kind of... better next year? <laughs> yeah. 10%. Yeah. So like if he just stops fouling out of so many games, like that'll, that alone right. would like boost his scoring by probably like two or three points and another rebound. So um, I'm with you. I like, I, I like, but I like them both. Um, so another, another guy, you know, speaking of Aiden and Phoenix, a guy that we've been banging the table on for several weeks, but Cam Johnson, I'm, Oof. I need him in every league going into next year. And I know it breaks the rule a little bit. He's 26 years old, but yeah, okay. he might, he might, we might look up in two, three years and he might be getting like 120, $130 million as like the premier three and D guy in the league. Um, like I've been so impressed with his ability to score and not just as a catch and shoot guy, but a guy who's like added like mid range and he's taking people off the dribble now. And he's yeah, so big, out. he's so big that he can guard like a, a legit four. Um, he can guard, you know, two threes and fours. He can switch on to a point guard. If he gets caught up under, you know, under the rim, like he can hold his own and rebound down there. So, like, Cam Johnson, you know, he's still only owned in 21% of leagues. He's injured right now with a bruised quad. But um, I, I'm, I'm picking him up in all formats. I, I'm, I, I want him in every league. He's, like, good whether he comes off the bench or starts. Um, there's a sharpshooter. There's a new sharpshooter every year, basically. But Cam Johnson is not just a one-dimensional player. Like he's not Duncan Robinson, you know? Yeah, no. um, and I just, there's a part of me, which is like, you know, if Phoenix doesn't win this year or whenever CP three is done, I sort of feel like, you know, Booker, if you want to leave, we'll trade you. Cause we have bridges and cam John, like on the wing, like we sort of have our, it's not Tatum and Jalen, but you know, yeah, like we, I agree. Yeah. Perimeter players. We don't give a shit about DeAndre Aiden. Apparently, Jay Crowder. We haven't really seen what these guys. We don't. We don't know how good they can be because they've they haven't been in a situation like Tatum and Brown where they've gotten like the keys, right? So, um, I agree. Like those two guys are both like like they could be the two best like three and D guys in the league in a couple of years. Like I, hey, I really am excited. About Herb Jones in the NBA, Brandon. So slow your roll. All right. Don't forget about young Herb. <laughs> yeah. But Herb's hitting like one three pointer a game. These guys like hit three, <laughs> sometimes four. Dude, you give um, him his own team and he's clay fucking Thompson out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I have one last guy. So or actually I have sure. two. Uh, so three and another three and D or a, a wing Maybe he's a four. Um, a guy I know is near and dear to your heart, but uh, Patrick Williams, three percent owned. He was the mm. fourth pick in the 2020 draft. Right. Like, don't forget that. Like, uh, he's six foot seven with a seven foot wingspan. Down the stretch as a rookie over the last couple months, he was a ten and five guy scoring pretty efficiently. He's not a great free throw shooter, but he was a guy who was hitting the three at a pretty efficient clip. 
Um, and he was giving you almost two stocks. So, you know, talking about another guy who could give you a nice combination of, of threes, um, a little bit of scoring, and then, and then, you know, maybe some rebounding and some stocks. Um, Patrick Williams, like I said, fourth overall pick. So, you know, he was, let's not forget like how highly touted this guy was coming into the draft. And then, uh, and my last guy is uh, Onyeka Kangu. We talked about him a couple weeks yeah. ago. Clint Capella is still under contract for a few more years. So, um, you know, his playing time situation is probably going to be a function, a little bit of like what they decide to do with Capella. Um, but this is another guy who's like like 6'8 with that seven-foot wingspan who's like really skilled. And like if you pull up his highlights, this guy has like blocked some of the best dunkers in the NBA. Like this guy is a legit force on the defensive end and um, they're really high on him. And if he's a guy that, like you said a couple weeks ago, when we talked about him, if he can play well with Trey, um, he could be a guy who's like, we could see, you know, Draymond Green was on waivers. Uh, and once he became that like point power forward, um, you know, Draymond, people forget like Draymond Green was like a, like a wing coming out of college, right? Like he became they, second round they pick. Like, no one gave he was fat. He was a he fat Spartan. A he wasn't a big. He was like they, <laughs> right. they like made him into He's a big. Seven. Like once yeah, once he got to the Warriors, he was like a two a three man and they started playing him at the four or five. Um and so, you know, that that can change really quickly. So a Kongu is still a guy that I'm holding on to in like a deeper dynasty league. In a similar vein, I've liked Precious Achua, like off the bench mm-hmm. in Toronto. I mean, that might be a function of Toronto more than anything, but uh, I've liked what he's done. Um, we spoke about Phoenix, and we just have to mention this. If Cameron Payne is available on your waiver wire or in free agency, stop what you're doing and pick him up right now. Please, 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 please. He's averaging nearly 10 assists per game, I think, in the handful of games he's played since he came back from injury. Wow. He's taken over from the point guard. Um, he's just going to give you dimes, and those are super valuable at this time of year. So if he's available, go get him immediately. I wanted yeah. to talk about another rookie who's been near and dear to my heart, Dasunmu Mayo. Mm-hmm. On Chicago, Chicago's getting healthy, but Dasunmu, a second-round pick, or maybe even undrafted, I forget. I mean, he's been sensational. He's basically been a top 100 player. Uh, He doesn't get you many points, but he gets you everything else, and the points he does get you are over 50% field goal efficient. So I think he's been a good enough player that he won't lose that many that many minutes to Caruso coming back. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, he kind of 36 minutes. Kobe White's right. he's kind of like yeah. first Kobe White on the pecking he's order. More personal. So I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I like Dasunmu a lot. And like, depending on the night, I mean, he's had in his last uh, six games, he's had, um, he's had four games where he scored in double figures, three of them he, where he was 15 or higher. So, you know, he can score a little bit. He's not going to be a consistently in the teens, but um, he's he's a rookie. And, like, I agree, man. Like, he wasn't even supposed to be here right now doing this. So, totally. Like, he's only – he's got Billy Donovan and, yeah. like, 
what a great pick. I mean, we yeah. see second round picks like hitting more and more often now, but um, this is really something else because he's hitting over on the, dis- on the floor. We've been like, on the Dasunu trade. I, I would, I wonder if there's too many other pods that like were on the Dasunu trade as, as early as us because we, we've been really excited about the Bulls and he was a guy that looked like he kind of fit what they want to do there. So, He's been really good. He's been a really good facilitator, like you said. Um, his, you know, he's given you at least a handful of assists, and I, I still think like assists are the hardest category to come by. So yeah. I'm with you. Dasunmu's a guy that, um, you know, as much as I, I'm a fan of Lonzo, he's he's shown that like it's tough for him to stay healthy. So if Lonzo Ball is going to be the point guard here, you can almost bank on him missing 25 games a year. Um, and Desumu is a guy who can play multiple spots. And if he's going to be kind of that backup point guard um, in this in this wing guard wing heavy rotation, um, he he should be able to like have a consistent twenty plus minutes. I like how he and DeChosen play together too. Like I yeah. just I I hate that I like this Bulls team. Like they're not obnoxious. They're not irritating. They're fun to watch. I love DeRozan. I hate the Bulls. Billy Donovan's actually like pretty good at his job. Um, and they haven't had Patrick Williams. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, they they've just had all this bad luck. Um, and it sort of sucks because I think at full strength they could maybe really be something else. But maybe this just isn't their year. Um Alperin Sengen, mm-hmm. Dynasty Leagues. He is an automatic double double, I think, if given the minutes pick him up if you're looking for a big. Like, if he gets 25 minutes per game next year, he will give you double-double every single game. I yeah, absolutely no doubt of that. Um, do you have any other... Oh, Tyrese Maxey is under 23 years old. He fucking had a pretty good year. Yeah. Uh, no, those are, that's it. I, I you know, I, I didn't... Go, you know, mention everyone, but those are some guys that are a little bit more under the radar that uh, are to varying degrees um, and uh, that I, that I really like, and I'm excited about for the rest of this year and, and next year and, or next year. And, you know, like we should mention Tyrese Halliburton, like even though he's on the Pacers and nobody's going to watch um, that could be his team next year. Like he's yeah. already an elite fantasy player. And uh, the sky might be the limit, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we're missing some people, but you know, there's tons of these young dudes out there right now. So yeah, these, uh, we, this wasn't supposed to be like a uh, an, a comprehensive list or you know exhaustive list by any means. But just these are just some guys that come to mind that I like um, that may or may not be owned, um, and, and depending on how deep your league is. All right. Any final thoughts, Brandon? Uh, no, that's it. Um, looking forward to, so we have one more week in our league before the playoffs start. So, um, you know, that's why I wanted to do this episode now for, for, you know, leagues where rosters lock for, uh, you know, non-playoff teams. So if you're out of it, there's still, this is a time when you can really make some moves to kind of like change the fortune of your team for next year. Um, so, you know, take a good look and see who's out there. We gave you probably, I don't know, 40 names or so, 
Um, so, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of guys that, that are interesting. I wanted to say one last thing. I forgot about saying this earlier. The Minnesota Timbercats are 39 and 30. We're recording this Sunday night. They have 39 wins. The Lakers have 29. And the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are in sixth place in the East, have 38. The Minnesota Timberwolves have one more win than the Cavs. Um, They're playing pretty well. The West is turning into a ridiculous... Uh, just murder. Fuck. I, this is, I mean, the sun's already clinched, but everybody else, this is crazy. I mean, Dallas is surging. This is so much fun. Meanwhile, the East is eh, not as good as people <laughs> said it was. Anyway, we will see you next week. Good luck out there. Oh, one final thing. Miami only plays two games this week. So if you're streaming, just be aware of that. The Heat players might not get you as much volume this week. Everybody else plays three or four. Have a good week. Good luck. All right. Later.